Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Notes from the Ivy League. I hope you had a fantastic, phenomenal week. And I'm your host, Andrew Williams, and I'm here with Brittany Dubois, a current sophomore at NYU, parliamentarian for NYU's Association for Black Journalists, a marketing intern and author of Streets of Melted Gold, an arguably fictional memoir. Brittany, welcome to the podcast. How are you? Thank you. Thank you. I'm doing well. So I start every podcast with uh, my guests sharing their story. So can you share yours? Sure. Um, so I was born in Trinidad and Tobago. Um, I come from a family of five. I have two sisters. We moved to the U.S. around when I was a little older than two. But essentially, we had really rough beginnings, you know, the typical immigrant thing, which I kind of share in the book that you mentioned about the whole immigrant experience of being a child and having to deal with that sort of thing. But essentially, we are a low-income family permanent residents and just affording or thinking about college is really tough. And so my, I have an older sister who's in college right now. She goes to LaSalle University and she has, you know, a decent scholarship, you know, but for me, I'm, I'm the second child. Mm-hmm. And once you, once the first kid's in college, you have to start thinking about, okay, how am I going to afford the next kid? And then there's one right after me. So essentially uh, my parents wanted me close. So I mm-hmm. kind of limited myself to a two hour range. I'm from Baltimore, Maryland. So that's where I grew up. So like a two hour range. So I secretly applied to NYU because that was my <laughs> dream school. Yeah. Um, it was my dream school. Uh, it's New York city, you know, and, and it's notorious for being very expensive. So, you know, I kept that secret. Um, and then around, I want to say March, early March, I got an email from Tom Ellett, who's the student, uh, the vice president of student affairs at NYU saying, mm-hmm. Hey, we're considering you for this first generation um, scholarship. So I said, great. And once I got that email and because it, it explained that if I get it, I'll have a full tuition. So that's a solid $40,000 right there. Yeah. So I told my parents and they didn't even think about like the fact that NYU was actually like four hours away and they were like, oh my gosh, do it. <laughs> so, yeah. That, like I was surprised about that, but you know what? I mean, money's money. So mm-hmm. I went through the process with the Anne Bryce foundation. They're this foundation started by this, um, black wealthy couple currently wealthy they've been through sort all sorts of adversity when they're growing up but the welters uh beatrice and anthony welters this is like a private scholarship so it's really just money from them and i went through a couple interviews and i found out in april that i was accepted and it was it's really just four students who get chosen for this Mm -hmm. which is insane because so many people apply to nyu and there are still even though nyu is known for having like a lot of wealthier people, there are still a lot of first generation college students who apply. So to be chosen for that and to be, you know, pinned down to four people was incredible. And it's really down to the scholarship is just talking about your story, how you've gotten somewhere and how you've overcome adversity. Cause during high school, I worked very late hours for my dad. He's a small businessman. So mm-hmm. it, all that combined, um, I think really made for a solid college essay I really poured my heart into that. And I think that's what really got them. And they extended the scholarship my year. So essentially it's a full ride. So they include tuition plus housing and meals and, um, and my insurance and some extra money for books. Yeah. It's a huge blessing. Congratulations. That is, (laughs) that's phenomenal. Wow. Yeah. Thank you. And I'm just going to go back a bit. And like, I noticed that you, you mentioned that, you mm-hmm. applied to NYU as you know, secretly, and and in my interviews with people so far, mm-hmm. I realized that's 
a common trend with first gen or low income students. Yeah. Yeah. Because I guess in our families, we're so money minded that our parents, like, they hear a brand name, they're like, oh, no, no, no. Like, go to, like, a generic, like, what, I guess what they would consider a generic or store mm-hmm. brand version of a college. <laughs> <laughs> um, can you talk more about how, like, how it was applying secretly? Yeah, I mean, so it was kind of easy to apply secretly just because I was able to use that, you know, that waiver that you mm-hmm. can do on Common App. So there was no financial issue with it. And I didn't have to ask them for like, hey, can I have $75 to whatever reason? So because of that, I was able to do that pretty easily. Uh, it was kind of hard to not to tell people just because it was exciting. A lot of my friends, I mean, like I went to an art school in like Towson, Maryland. And Towson, Maryland has, you know, a lot of like middle class, but more upper middle class people. And a lot of them were applying to these big schools and schools in California and like, schools I couldn't even like consider. I I never even visited any colleges. Like I visited none of them. I only visited NYU after I got accepted and they paid for me to go like tour it. Um, So we couldn't even, you know, we didn't have time and we had money to go travel and check out colleges, Mm -hmm. even the ones that were near me. I mean, just thinking about that and me as a person, I'm pretty ambitious and I don't let a lot of things really stop me. Mm -hmm. I, I really believe in the, uh, opportunity and sometimes just life working out in whatever way it does. So I was like, I'm going to apply. And had I got into NYU, I probably wouldn't have gone because it's a lot of money. It's over $70,000 a yeah. year. So my whole plan was like, I'm just going to do it and it'll just make me feel good if I get in. Mm-hmm. But you know, after that whole miracle with the Anne Bryce Foundation, yeah, I'm going NYU now. So really, it's just about just doing it. There's no harm in putting your application there you know Mm -hmm. if you have the waiver you might as well send as many applications as you want to these incredible big schools and not feel discouraged like i applied to upenn uh Mm -hmm. ivy league actually and i got waitlisted for it and it felt good but i'm very glad that i ended up going to nyu and i'm very glad i even applied to nyu Mm -hmm. yeah like that's what i tell people all the time like high school kids that are like oh i don't know if i should apply i'm like they're way why not like why not apply <laughs> like what's what's the alternative are, are you just like too good to apply like no like, <laughs> just do it. you never know what's gonna happen like your situation you never exactly. know you never if, know if had i not yeah had i not applied like i wouldn't be going to school free none of the other colleges i applied to were mm-hmm. offering me this deal you know what i mean yeah like i'm going to college because of this like just in general i'm going to college because mm-hmm. of it it's just even better that's nyu of course but like that's crazy and impassable and you know like had I not done that you know I maybe I wouldn't be in college maybe I'd be just working with my dad yeah so yeah yeah if you're listening right now and if you if you're in high school or you know someone who's in high school and they're always worried about the money the money the money if it's like a really big name school that has a nice endowment mm-hmm. why, why not apply like they they have resources don't, you don't even know about right I got a scholarship for students from Arkansas. Mm-hmm. I don't even know that exists, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I had no idea Anne Bryce Foundation existed. I thought it was like a fake email, honestly. I was mm-hmm. I was ready to just put that in my spam folder. Yeah. Like, you it just sounds too good to be true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm so glad that you, you applied and you didn't let the admit rate or whatever, like, deter you or the yeah. price tag, you know? 
And then another thing you, you mentioned earlier is that you openly expressed mm-hmm. the hardships you faced. And I and you spun it, it sounds like you spun it in a positive way to help your application. Yeah. And I think that for a lot of people who are first gen or and especially low income, they can kind of tend to see their experiences as a negative thing, right? Yeah. Um, can you share more about your thought process on how you made your your hardships more yeah. positive, I guess? I mean, the thing is, when you go through harsh hardships and you're finishing up high school, you have to come to terms that, like, it's not necessarily over, but what in your power can you do to change it? Mm-hmm. Like, for me, everything that's happened to me has already happened. And yes, you know, like, it's life is still hard. I mean, it's not like me going to college makes my family suddenly successful. Mm-hmm. It's more just, like, knowing that you've gone through these things and knowing that you've survived it knowing that you are in college or like applying to college and looking at your grades and saying, this is reflecting something good. There are many times where I thought like my grades are probably going to be bad because of how long I'm working or how distracted I am with my own like stress at home. Mm-hmm. And then my grades don't actually reflect that. It shows that I'm still studying. It shows that I I'm doing well. I did pretty good in high school, regardless of my, the adversity I faced. Mm-hmm. And, the, and if you can, if you are surviving, I think my big thing is just like surviving and like mm-hmm. passing through. And if you're able to do that, I think that is an essay worthy thing. And I think yeah. colleges love that in essays. And I had an English teacher, she was talking, like giving some advice about writing a college essay. And she was like, guys, listen, no one wants to hear about like, like, I don't know how your grandma inspires you because the essay should be about you and not your mm-hmm. grandma. They're not accepting your grandma. Yeah. <laughs> and she was also saying like, when you pinpoint an issue that you've overcome, make sure it's personal and make mm-hmm. sure everything, like everything comes comes back to your face, you know, mm-hmm. give them your story. And what I did for my college essay um, was I took my, like whatever I went through and I kind of treated them as objects I have to carry around in a backpack or like on my back. Mm-hmm. So each thing was like, I would choose an item that represents the issue and then say, this is something I carry. And the whole essay is just about me carrying things and kind of just speculating on that. And I, like I said before, like I poured my heart out into that essay because it is my story. And I wrote it in a narrative that they'd understand that's tangible. You know, I think colleges are done with people writing essays about how well you did, I don't know, in a soccer game. Because there's so many people who did the same thing. Yeah. It's just a way more compelling story if you if you hear about or read an essay about an applicant who works nights in their family for their family business doesn't really get a paycheck. Um, True. <laughs> does varsity does varsity sports is like active in student government, whatever it is, you know. Yeah. Um, and is in like the top, you know, ten percent of their class. Like that's. Mm-hmm. That's just crazy. Like, you're like, oh, I want to meet this person. Yeah, yeah. It's about drive. Show them your drive. Don't just complain about your life. Show them how you got through it. And the only way you got through it is drive. So you said that your sister went to college, um, your older sister. Yeah. Was she the reason why you wanted to go to college or were there other reasons? Um, I mean, we've always wanted to go to college. That Mm -hmm. was always something in the air. She's, She's currently in college. This will be this coming semester. She'll be a senior. So I'm just a year behind and 
college like we didn't come from any of those families that like had a college fund or was saving money for college mm-hmm. all the money that we have is like our current money yeah there was no savings whatsoever so like college was something in the back of the head like the goal was yes i want my kids to go to college like yes i want my, me and my sisters to go to college but it's like it wasn't something we were actively thinking about until it became relevant okay and from just hearing you like you sound extremely focused and determined. So do you have any like rituals or things that keep you centered and focused mm-hmm. that you'd like to share? I'm a very spiritual person. I mm-hmm. believe in like mental health and just making sure you are, a, you're stable and you're not overwhelming yourself too much. Cause often I do feel overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. It's, it's definitely like a feeling that I get, but it's also just a clarity of mind in which you have to think, in hindsight or more like think of your future and know that everything you're doing now is for that Mm -hmm. like a few things i do um is one thing is like to treat yourself when you're when you're doing all right a lot of people don't do that you know Mm -hmm. a lot of people think like oh i just keep working i have to keep working i have to keep working yeah um journaling also helps it's not for everyone and sometimes it sounds really cheesy but I don't know, I started journaling my freshman year of high school, and I kind of like stopped a bit. But that set me up for getting used to writing and getting used to coming to terms with my feelings mm-hmm. um, really can help even if your writing is just scheduling your day. I personally don't always schedule my day. But what I do is I schedule my week. Mm-hmm. Um, day might be a little overwhelming. And I like on post it notes like above my desk right now. Uh, there's just like like tiny little post-it notes and it has one task on it that I have to do. And every time I'm done with it, I can just pull it off. And at the end of the day or at the end of the week, I'll have a clear desk. Like you can concretely see how you're doing. Um, so you journal, you plan your week mm-hmm. and you celebrate the, the little victories. But what fuels your inner fire? I watch a lot of movies, lots okay. of movies mainstream ones indie ones not to plug movie pass but i got it early mm-hmm. so uh if you don't know what movie pass is essentially you can like see one movie a day mm-hmm. and you play a f- you pay like a flat rate of like a certain amount i think a bit a little over a hundred dollars for the year but you can mm-hmm. see a movie a day for free essentially and yeah i see like i see a movie a week i go with my friends a lot of my friends have them yeah so like seeing movies being involved with like with the my the scholarship that I'm in, it's a very small cohort of like seventeen ish people, but some of them mm-hmm. are studying abroad. So I think this year there's like maybe fourteen people who are like on campus hanging out with them. Um, I mean, it's a nice it's a nice group of people. Most of them are people of color. All of them are first generation students, mm-hmm. and all of them are from low income families. So being able to get away from that very rich, very uh like high class NYU crowd and mm-hmm. being able to speak with people are, that are very relevant to you in a socioeconomic kind of way. Yeah. Is very relaxing. So, you know, spending time with them, just talking to them is really fun. And then the last thing really is just writing, uh, not necessarily journaling, but like I write lots of short stories on my own mm-hmm. just because that's like also sort of like escape. Um, do you have a mm-hmm. quote that you like to think of often Mm, a quote honestly one of them is actually from a song Mm -hmm. uh it's really just the title of the song honestly what a wonderful world 
by, you know, Louis Armstrong. And it's really just the line, what a wonderful world. That helped me a lot. That's like my dad's like go to like shed one single tear on his face song. (laughs) I bought him a birthday card once that like had the song playing on it. And it's just a song that's just always been in me. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. old, but it's just, it's about looking at the world and appreciating it. Yeah. And that has helped me so much. I'm like, I am a very appreciative person. I always feel blessed by everything that happens to me. Mm-hmm. Another thing, this is honestly, this is my own quote, not to like do that, but I already quoted Louis Armstrong. So I guess I can do me now. Um, <laughs> is I always just tell people like everyone has experienced their own version of hell. Mm-hmm. So while you think your life is terrible, other people have their own, you know, what they consider terrible. And this is not the whole thing how parents say, no, there's starving kids in Africa. No, that's not the line I'm going on here. It's more, mm-hmm. it's more just like, you know, check your privilege, but also mm-hmm. like pick out things that you have and that's wonderful and just hold on to those. What is something mm-hmm. that, what's something that you wish people did more of? Hmm. Just treating each other. Mm-hmm. I feel like people don't really do that. And I don't know if it's necessarily because like, you know, college is more expensive. So like every penny counts, but I, I've noticed like, as soon as you, someone buys you something, they want their money back, you know? Mm-hmm. And my dad, would, my parents, both of them, they would say anytime they went out with their friends, like everyone got their back. One person pays for this, this, the next time they pay for that. No one cares about the exact amount. Mm-hmm. I feel like now it's like, you owe me $3 and 48 cents for that soda, you know? Yeah. And even if they're great friends, like I'm not trashing my friends or anything. Mm-hmm. It's more just like you I kind of like that time where you can buy someone a meal mm-hmm. and not worry or like bother them for the money back if they give you the money back great. Um but I think that'd be really nice to see because I feel like that's just a pure out of heart thing where if mm-hmm. you appreciate someone's company, you know, you'll buy them that sandwich or you'll yeah. buy them this. Well, thank you. And up next is the lightning round. Um, um, <laughs> so, what's your favorite song right now? Uh, nice for What by Drake. <laughs> so okay. Good. What's your favorite movie? Ooh, favorite movie. Um, I don't know. I've seen so many. Uh, okay. For, like, all my life, ever mm-hmm. since I saw it, uh, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner has been my favorite movie. Okay. Um, that's a classic for me, uh, the biracial movie. Um, mm-hmm. But, I mean most of that is just because like my parents are my dad's black my mom is asian mm-hmm. and me identifying as like mul- being multiracial but also having parents who love each other and are able to be married without you know like outright discrimination legal discrimination um has always just made me feel warm and when i saw that movie it's just it's always made me feel happy and think about my parents um and i love my parents so yeah, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner will always be probably my number one. Okay, favorite book? Oh, gosh. Um, favorite book? I like... I have several. I'm just going to name, like, one or two because um, it changes. So one is The Glass Castle. And mm-hmm. just reading that, especially from a kid's perspective, um, I've actually kind of inspired some of my writing for my book because it's from a child's perspective. It's from a child who's suffering, who doesn't quite know exactly 
what's going on, you know, like, mm-hmm. why are we, why is this our life? Um, so that one inspired me a lot. Um, and going on that too is a house on Mango Street read long a time ago. It's like a bunch of uh, vignettes. So like little tiny snippets of life. Um, but that also inspired my book. So anything that inspired my book is probably like one of my favorites, but anything that reflects a struggle in which a child has to deal with it mm-hmm. and become an adult, but also stay a child. Okay. Uh, favorite TV show right now? Wow. I started a good place, which is pretty great. Um, I like Black Mirror a lot, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, only very specific ones. Um, so I wouldn't say the whole show is my favorite, but I also just love Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Um, and The Office is always going to be an OG forever up there. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, just for it's one of the few shows that I've just completely watched in order and finished. Okay. Um, any favorite junk food? Gosh, this is bad. Um, fries, French fries. They're just phenomenal. I oh. don't know what I'd do without them. French fries by themselves? I mean, like, I'd smother it with ketchup, but yes, French fries. That's French. my solid junk food. Okay. And that's the end of the lightning round. I hope it wasn't too stressful. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, Brittany, thank you again for joining me this week. Absolutely. It, I think we had a, a great conversation. And for everyone listening, as always, I'll put the show notes on my blog and on my social media profiles. And thank you for listening. And we will see you next week.